smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello and welcome to mint dialogues a weekly podcast where we focus on the big questions in personal finance and investing my name is neel borate and i head the personal finance team at mint I will be your host for this podcast. The podcast is a Mint production and is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hello all, welcome to Mint's Twitter Spaces. We hope uh, we hope you're all safe and healthy. So in this session uh, we'll discuss about uh, should you invest in silver ETFs. Uh, with many fund houses queued up to launch silver exchange traded funds after SEBI's approval to do so. in the last year our panel discuss if one should consider investing in the white metal i have with uh, me my colleague abhinav and neel they co-host this session and uh, now coming to the panel we have uh, anil gelani head of passive investments and products dsp mutual fund chintan harya head product and strategy icsi crew mutual fund kshitaj purohit lead commodities and currency capital via global he'll be adding soon and uh, preeti rati gupta founder lakshmi a financial platform for women hi all thank you for joining us today in this session we'll first talk about the product features of silver etfs and then move to the investment rationale uh chintan i would like to start with you first uh icsi pro mutual fund recently launched the india's first silver etf we are curious to know how the invested in interest for this product has been and also tell us the features of the product and how it works yeah thank you uh, it's been an interesting journey which probably started a few years back and uh, after working with the regulator and the entire infrastructure in place we are very happy to launch the first silver etf in india started on 5th of jan is ending on 19th of jan and uh, in terms of uh, the features or in terms of the silver etf it is extremely simple much the same way have as interest in indian investors are used to investing in gold etfs by buying on the exchange beat nsc or bsc the units of the silver etf will be traded on nsc and bsc during the nfo period of course uh, the investment will happen through the normal nfo route that is you can go on the app or the websites and uh, invest but from a structure perspective and an interest perspective uh, the moment the regulator announced that uh, they would be coming out with guidelines for silver we were receiving a lot of interest from investors uh, who otherwise have been collecting silver in the form of physical asset but managing silver in terms of physical asset is slightly difficult and in the case of silver etf because the purity quality and the consistency as well as the ease with which people can invest and divest and more importantly you get a fair price which is an international price converted into indian rupee so there is no element of anything to worry from an investor perspective you get the right price you get the right quality uh, in terms of what you are getting as a backing and we believe that this will be something which over a period of time will continue to be a good allocation for investors uh, in terms of uh, their Sorry, time Chantal, uh, if i could just interrupt you there when you say that uh, it is the international price of silver converted to rupees could you explain that a bit more what all duties etc get incorporated yeah sure so uh, if we look at how gold and silver both Uh, get valued you have the london bullion metal association price which is essentially the international price of silver or gold at the time of buying you convert that into indian rupee prices by the conversion rate of the rbi at that point of time and then there are nominal uh, charges uh, duties which need to be paid as far as gst is concerned because we are registered uh, the gst component is a pass through in that sense so uh, that is also added but then the set off comes into the system so from an investor standpoint uh, this is probably one of the most efficient prices that an investor will get uh, for silver both at the time of buying and selling and they will not have to subject themselves to the pain of losing out on account of uh, the gst as well as on account of the normal gap that is so there when you please go how ahead. much is the gst on physical silver if you go out and buy it in the physical market 3% 3% of okay. the cost 
So this also ensures that you are not held ransom to the fact that when you go and sell physical silver or buy physical silver, when we go to buy, there is a big premium or there may be a big premium uh, or when you go to sell, there may be a discount. Typically, that's what happens when you deal in physical silver or gold. But uh, in the case of uh, ETF, that worry is not there from an investor standpoint. So simple product, whatever money will come into our silver ETF, we'll be buying LBMA approved silver from the authorized distribution and uh, storing it in uh, vaults which are again approved from a regulatory standpoint and uh, because we are uh, but Chintan, um, when you say premium or discount basically you're saying that there is a domestic market for silver and there is a price that comes out of demand and supply in the indian domestic market but that could be different from the world price, right? Converted to rupees. Is that what you mean? Uh, what I mean is essentially, so of course the Indian price or the rupee price in the uh, actual physical market can be higher or lower depending on the uh, you know demand supply at that point of time. But more importantly, more than the premium or discount on account of demand supply, just the gap that is there in terms of, let's say if you go to a jeweler, the price that the jeweler will quote to buy a gold or buy silver and the price that the jeweler will quote to sell uh, silver will have a deviation of two three four percent depending on uh, jeweler to jeweler right so it is this gap which i'm saying the buying selling gap is significantly high when it comes to uh, you know dealing in physical uh, silver or gold but while in the case of the etfs because it is exchange traded and the pricing is based on international price converted to indian rupee the spreads are not high. In fact, the spreads are not there itself, maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 basis points. So this gap is what I'm saying. See, the international, the, the domestic price is going at a premium or discount. That generally happens when there is suddenly uh, a lockdown and you know, or there is a sudden demand for physical gold. So it does happen that physical gold or silver does go into premium or discount at times. But that is something which is a market-driven thing. I am basically more uh, focusing on the fact that there is a gap in buying and selling of prices of jewelers also, which needs to be taken care of from an investor standpoint because you end up losing. And especially right. in the case of silver, just to add, and I'll conclude at that, uh, because of the oxidation process when silver becomes black, uh, that also further reduces the resale value of silver from a jewelry, ex uh, from a uh, acceptance of bars perspective. So. All these issues which are there in physical silver are not there in uh, ETFs because of the way it is managed. And we, in fact, have got few uh, clients or few uh, investors who are very happy to shift from their physical silver into the ETFs because it takes care of all these problems which they are otherwise facing. Thank you. Chidan, uh, one follow-up question. Uh, uh, there, are there are concerns that many times there is a disparity between the uh, LBMA uh, equivalent Indian rupee dominated silver prices and domestic uh, prices, uh, which might re uh, lead to some tracking error. Uh, how would you address that? And perhaps Anil, you would like to take that up? Anil, uh, you're on. Sorry, yeah. So you, you mean the tracking error, right? With, right. with, with the underlying price. Well, I think, see, structurally, there will be some tracking error because, there, but, but I think Chintan very uh, nicely outlined that if you go to look at it in the physical market, you know, there are a lot of other frictional costs which come into the picture, which are very smoothly avoided when you are doing it digitally through the ETF route. See, today, if you look at it as an investor, if you want to have some small component of silver in your investment portfolio as a prudent asset allocation or as a diversification, then you earlier had only two options. One is to go to like this kind of a physical uh, market and buy it. Or second is if you are a very large ticket size investor, you could go to a commodity exchange and buy derivatives like a contracts on, let's say, for example, MCX. Uh, now there is a much more better availability, easy access and for that, maybe some small differential might be there, but I think that it would be very small, and it it would it would not matter much to the overall investor's uh, allocation and and returns profile. You know, whether it's any 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 ETF, like you know, there will be always some uh, uh, tracking error. But if you compare it with the frictional cost involved in buying and selling physical precious metal bullion like a silver, then it's a far more superior and easier product to access. Also, just to add to what Anil has mentioned, India being a market which is reasonably large and uh, many Indian players or authorized participants are not only dealing in India, they are dealing outside as well. So if there is a very big disparity between the local price and the price outside, they themselves are there to take care of the arbitrage which is there and probably narrow down 
the prices the only challenge or the only time when this probably is difficult to have uh, you know contain is a time like april to june 2020 where because of physical lockdown it was impossible to move uh, silver physically and that's when the gold prices or the silver prices in terms of their international prices as or the indian prices had a deviation because of the lockdown but that scenario is no longer there today and hence uh, from an international market point of view and an indian market point of view courtesy mcx silver also being there and the markets being interwound we do not see big disparity in the spot prices and the indian prices in general thank you yeah chintan you made a very super point about this kind of a so called what we say as a black swan event or a sort of six sigma once in a one million type event that there was a physical movement issue of a lockdown now just for argument sake uh, uh, and to to connect back with the earlier point which uh, we we discussed uh, you know in that situation uh, friends you know it's not just for the disparity which the silver etf will have but even in physical mode like again as i'm saying as a retail investor we can advise that okay you go and buy the silver either in physical format so even for that you would have faced a similar impact of the uh, lockdown and the uh, and the issues relating to the pricing which the imported silver would have suffered even if you are doing it through physical mode of going through a dealer or to 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 to, to like a jewelry uh, shop so i i just wanted to just bring that angle in that even in case of such six sigma event as a investor you might be still better off doing it through this digital mode of etf rather than at that point of time trying to do physical again sure uh, that's well put uh, now uh, we would like to ask kshitesh uh, uh, you track commodities including precious metals day in and day out now uh, why don't you tell us about the factors that drive the prices of silver so while while some other thing comes up sorry i'm just uh, you know filling in the thing like you know structurally like chidan uh, just to, to connect back like you know even whether lockdown or what i mean you know some demand for silver as a indian household always is there like in the morning i was just remembering like you know I, I, and i just put it up on my twitter handle that you know in in, in a, like a corner of one cabinet uh, in my home like from a, from childhood like you know gift from my grandmother there is a small chandli ka kada matlab you know in, in our indian household since generations it has been one of the most important gifts like okay silver you know? that will always be there and and whether uh, it's just a easier access and and comfortable or convenient mode of holding that particular right. a component in your uh, portfolio or your asset allocation uh sure anil thanks for that now i was asking kshitesh uh, uh, about his view on uh, silver i mean he track commodities including precious metals day in and day out so um kshitesh uh, uh, can you can you hear me yes yes so uh, firstly thank you thank you for having me on on a show normally silver uh, general public believes that the uh, demand for the uh, silver is coming from the jewelry and the silverware but the 60% demand of the silver coming from the various industry and the silver having a both a physical asset and a precious metals and the, there is a industrial use even a photographic industry having a demand for the silver around 5 to 8 percentage only 30% demand uh, coming from the jewelry and the silverware uh, for the silver hello sure uh, yes yes can you tell us how is it different from gold and what is this gold to silver ratio yeah so basically basically gold having a more demand for the uh, precious metal and the jewelry but the silver having a both the demand uh, demand for the industry and the demand for the i think we lost uh, kshitesh so i'll i'll take up that question while kshitesh probably yeah, lost okay. back uh so as shitesh was mentioning silver unlike gold is a base metal as well as a, a precious metal uh, 5000 years back silver was the first metal known to mankind and was used as a store of value and even as currency while today the applications of silver include and all our mobile phones uh, most of our mobile phones uh, electric vehicles um, medical instruments as well as the solar uh, energy uh, technology Uh, the usage of silver is increasing at a rapid pace because of its nature of it being one of the best conductors of electricity and hence silver's industrial demand is what is driving the growth of silver in terms of its uh, requirement in manufacturing activity which is where silver is something which uh, is an important asset class for all of us to have an exposure to and uh, apart from that the difference between silver and gold the most the major difference is that silver gets consumed wherever it is used 
while gold generally is a store of value which is not consumed as such so you cannot retrieve the silver which is there in our television sets or in a, in our mobile phones or in a solar panel it is difficult to retrieve silver or recycle silver and that's why silver's applications being so varied it is one of the most sought after commodities and the production of silver is concentrated in a few countries like mexico peru and uh, china which account for 50% of the 27000 tons of silver which are produced so i think from that perspective silver is a asset where or silver is a commodity where the industrial use and the use in electronics is helping it becoming more and more popular and even if uh, we compare with gold silver has a higher beta in terms of its uh, usage whenever the demand goes up and economic activity goes up silver tends to outperform gold uh, in terms of its price movements thank you uh thank you anil uh, i have a question for preeti uh, uh preeti lakshmi is india's first financial platform for women and uh, either gold or silver are generally used uh, as a uh, as jewelry and ornaments uh, what is the pull factor gold gold has a certain pull factor and that's why it uh, transfer to gold bonds and gold mutual funds what is the f- uh, pull factor in terms of silver how do you perceive this new investment um, product uh hi apinav i think firstly i'd like to say that we live in extremely exciting times particularly for investors because i think the 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 uh, you know the democratization of every asset class uh today offers the option for a very very retail investor to participate in asset classes that they couldn't um and i think which is why silver etf becomes exciting because um you know like the earlier speaker said if you had to make silver a part of your portfolio you either had to buy it uh, in the physical market which is inconvenient as an investment and the costs are very high or you would have to go to um, uh, and you know i've done commodities for almost uh, 12 years commodity futures so you would have to go to the futures market and take a position there buy it uh, hold hold on to a leverage position till you had uh, uh, the settlement cycle getting over and that too you had to buy in uh, you know it was not something that a retail investor could participate in so i think etfs really give one that opportunity uh, and the benefits have been highlighted uh, very well earlier i think from the perspective of investors look um, and this is a question right to to all of us how many times have we when we've looked at creating our investment portfolio said okay let's make silver a part of our portfolio so i think typically for passive investors silver really hasn't been that sought after asset class it was always this debt equity and uh, gold which were typically the three larger uh, uh, you know asset classes that were pursued and um, i think because gold being democratized much earlier uh, i think that pull for a retail investor and shift from physical gold to go to uh, uh, digital gold or electronic gold has happened um i i don't particularly see as much interest in uh silver as an asset class for uh women or particularly in the retail not in the passive investors i do think that uh the younger generation particularly particularly the gen z uh, who are more active investors and who are now looking at asset classes like um, you know um maybe um, uh, cryptocurrencies etc will find silver etfs very exciting because uh one i think uh, if you also look at volatility across the board i would uh, you know the over the last 20 years and possibly uh, uh you know chintan can back me on this it, you know, we've probably seen higher volatility and probably uh, over the last 20 years more number of years where silver has given a negative return than a positive than gold compared to gold and i think that makes for it uh, makes for a very active uh, asset class um, uh, you know a generation who wants to experiment i think silver is a good choice for that but coming back to uh, women in terms really of allocation what would... yeah so you know even in allocation i would uh, i think a lot of people and even when i was doing commodity futures we would say like it is part of your precious metals so you know maybe the 5 10% of your portfolio which you would allocate to gold you would put a small amount to silver i think over the years that has changed and silver has become an industrial metal 
And therefore, I think I would put it more in the basket of equity for somebody who wants to put in larger amounts. Uh, and I think somebody who wants to experiment with silver, I would still put it in that basket of where you are experimenting with a lot of newer asset classes. I would pos possibly make it you know, lesser than 1% or 2% of your portfolio. Uh, is not to cut short on the gold allocation, uh, allocate in terms of equity. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I think we've discussed this even earlier, right? I, I don't think silver can any longer be treated as a store of value, particularly. I think it is the price movements now are in correlation with its industrial demand and use. And I think just the way you would look at all other macro uh, uh, factors when it comes to equities uh, or, you know, companies doing well, corporates doing well, I think similarly you should look at silver and say, you know, if economies are doing well, if there's more development, um, uh, will, you know, will silver be consumed more and used more uh, and look at it more as, as that than gold, which is typically store of value, hedge against inflation. Uh, you know, I even say that today that gold is no longer a hedge against inflation. It hasn't been for a very long time, but it forms for that protector part of your portfolio. Uh, and I don't think silver typically is that protector part of your portfolio. It is you know, uh, it is the active investing part of your portfolio. Uh, Preeti, going back to basics, uh, what do you look when you are adding the new asset class to a portfolio? Well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, when you look at asset allocation, one of the key things you look at is, is your goals and the diversification across asset classes to meet those goals. Um, so I think you would look at, I mean, typically we distribute in Lakshmi, we distribute asset classes really in in two categories. One is your protector asset classes and the other is your value creators or your growth asset classes. Uh, so I would put all your fixed income um, interest bearing instruments into, into the protector asset classes and even gold in the protector asset classes and everything else, which is real estate, equity, uh, silver, um, you know, today crypto is something that a lot of people talk about. Uh, I still don't, I, you know, from the just from the perspective that it's not very regulated as of now, I would still stay away from it. But silver being, uh, you know, uh, an actively sort of traded commodity, I would put that more in the growth uh, um, asset classes. Sure. Um, uh, so... Silver ETFs are also promoted as an asset for diversification. You also made the point. But since the demand for the metal is dependent on the economic activity, silver prices fall when the economy is weak, during which equity returns to moderate. Uh, so how will it pass the test of diversification? Uh, anybody um, can take it? Um, yeah. Preeti, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, so... Essentially, just like how would you how you would diversify between, you know, in your uh, value creator growth asset classes, you would diversify uh, into equity, uh, maybe real estate, which is essentially saying, OK, these are more market linked. Um, so I would actually if there was one, you know, I would the differentiation would be interest linked or market linked. And I think the only exception there is gold, which I still consider as uh, as the protector asset class. But. Here you would look at, again, the same way that you look at equities, right? You use equities as a diversification uh, in your portfolio. Silver, because it is not correlated to, uh, no more to gold prices, uh, not to equity. So it, it typically the correlation to all other asset classes is far lower. I think it makes for a better diversification tool. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add on to that since you since you made a little bit larger and open question. I mean, in terms of uh, you are absolutely right in certain situations when there is extreme market movement, you know, that time nothing really works in terms of diversification because often all such asset classes, as Preeti mentioned, uh, move almost in tandem. So at that point of time, if there is a very large risk of environment, let's say we have seen in that happened in 2008, just during the global financial crisis. It was not that at that time gold or silver was anything different you know it, it everything was in a in a, a negative i mean uh, falling market environment but yes otherwise structurally i i completely agree with preeti's point that if you are 
able to diversify a little bit in within equities, little bit within. I mean, broadly, if you look at your asset allocation framework and you 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 bucket your allocation into four key quadrants. One can be for your asset growth, one can be for income generation, then the inflation hedge linked with that with the asset growth and income, and then the volatility hedge. So, like your gold, silver will hit will sit somewhere in between these two. You know, so yeah, definitely it can work, but good point uh, 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 that you made like yes there will be certain situations where uh, diversification will just not work whether it's gold or silver or anything like you know and we have seen but there will be very certain few instances what we have seen at least in the past i'll just add one line to it uh, apart from what has been mentioned in the last 20 30 years if we go back to history both gold and silver have step up jumps and then they tend to consolidate for years the last instance of silver having a step up jump apart from of course what has happened in the last one and a half year where from march 2020 to i think august 2020 or july 2020 silver went up by almost 100% if we go back and see 2008 so january 2008 where equity valuations were expensive uh, from there till uh, mid 2009 equity markets then corrected about 54% in that time period silver went up by 13% this is january 2008 to mid 2009 why i'm highlighting this is that when economic activity expands and the demand for silver in line with economic activity improves silver does tend to have a slightly longer runway compared to equities and we are today in a scenario where equities have had a good run for 2 years silver is in some sense made a consolidation for 10 years and is back at the price at which it was in 2010-11 at 60000 odd so if there is an overshoot in silver it can spike up significantly over the next 2 3 years so also from a tactical allocation if there is a repeat of 2008-9 silver can potentially act as a commodity which can generate wealth or create a negative correlation in terms of if equity markets have to be volatile silver can give that added edge to the portfolio in terms of the upside simply because the demand visibility of silver is strong thank you also yeah. can well, i just so- add in here can i just add in here so i think uh, to add on to chintan's point i think you know even when we look at uh, the usage of silver in industrial metals i think the world today is moving towards uh, you know uh, sort of a uh, uh clean energy usage so we are all you know sustainability cleaner energy usage etc and all of those applications we see a higher use of silver and i think that's one point which which may drive silver prices up uh in the coming few years uh thank you priti uh before we move on to the next question i would like to inform uh listeners that uh, in next few minutes we'll be opening uh this forum for uh, questions uh so uh if you have a question to our panel experts uh, you can send us a request and we'll add to the uh, this panel uh, shithaj i have a question we talked about uh, future outlook uh, but uh, a data shows that in the past 10 years uh, the cagr return of silver is just 1.9% then 1.97% around that and uh, it has failed to beat inflation even uh, any particular reason why it has per- uh, underperformed over the past 10 years Uh, exactly though silver is not performing uh, well in terms of the inflation the increase increase with the inflation ratio the reason behind that the gold is moving uh, uh sorry shadow your uh, signal is this just me or uh, uh, no we can't hear him we can't yeah. hear him yes we can't hear him so uh, again please. i probably fill in by the time he is able to reconnect yeah sure so obviously statistics in life and courtesy the fact that over the last 5 years and over the last 15 years we uh, release i mean we've come out with probably 15 to 18 new funds where we've done back testing for almost all of them uh, the starting point of any discussion or any uh, time period of any statistics becomes very important 2011 is the starting point of the 2% 10 year return cagr of silver which we are speaking of and in 2011 if you go back silver was probably one of the hottest commodities because it had moved from i think about 15 18000 in 2008-9 or 20000 around 2008-9 to almost 67000 to 70000 i think it hit a peak, it hit a peak of 80000 uh, 
in the futures market. So that starting point uh, of 50,000 or 60,000 10 years back was on the back of three good years of silver. Maybe the audience would probably resonate more with the gold prices back then because silver and gold went up together. 2008 April gold was 11,000 rupees. By 2011 April, gold went up to 33,000 rupees. So in a period of three years where gold tripled, silver had also gone up four times, I think. And that's where the starting point which we are discussing right now, silver was in a uh, territory where it was very expensive. And hence, for 10 years, silver is digesting that overshoot it had at that time. And finally, now it will probably come out of that overshoot and have probably be ready for the next step up jump. Thank you. Coming to the ETFs, um, you know, one of the important uh, factors when we are talking about ETFs is liquidity. Um, after the NFO period, the ETF will be listed on the exchange and any transaction can be done over the exchange and liquidity plays a major role. How is the liquidity expected to be for silver ETF? Anil? Yes. Okay. Anil, please go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I was not able to hear anything. I was just trying to unmute. I could hear uh, till the time Abhinav was speaking, then I, I just can't hear anything. Sure, I'll I could hear your voice now, Shintan, but I'm sorry. Can you can somebody ask or repeat the question? What Satya mentioned? I'm, I'm sorry. Abhina, you can go ahead and question on liquidity to uh, Satya's question is was on liquidity. Uh, after okay. the uh, NFO period, this ETF will be listed. So, what kind uh -huh. of liquidity are you expecting? Sure, okay. See, I think uh, what we spoke in the earlier uh, opening side. So, once the uh, any ETF gets listed, the main liquidity moves on to the secondary market, whether NSC or BSC, and then there is a very healthy market maker ecosystem who will be putting in two-way course both on bid and offer so that at any given point of time, let's say you want to buy new units or you want to sell your existing, you'll always find a healthy liquidity on the stock exchange platform. And structurally, if you are a very large investor, then you also have the flexibility or the uh, facility available where you can directly approach the mutual fund as well if there is a certain large ticket creation unit size and above. Safe to say that, uh, you know, there is very high level of comfort about liquidity after the ETF gets listed. What we have seen in the past, whether it is for commodity-based ETFs as well as for equity or fixed income, any ETFs, no doubt, I mean, if, if the same discussion we were having, let's say in the last decade, maybe 10 years back, this question used to always come up that, uh, you know, there is a little bit challenge. We feel apprehensive that after listing, whether we will get enough liquidity. But I think today, Things are very much uh, evolving. Of course, things keep changing and it's always uh, available for more further depth and improvement. But I feel that in the current uh, uh, ecosystem, there would be very high level of comfort in terms of secondary market liquidity. Sure, sure. Um, Chetan, you want to add a point here? See, I always say that, uh, sorry, I'll just take 30 seconds more. I always say that that a success of a ETF will be when the underlying is large, liquid, and transparent. Now, in this case, whether it's like silver as an underlying commodity, you know, it meets all the three criteria. The underlying is very large. A large quantity gets traded on a daily basis. Is liquid, enough liquidity of the underlying uh, securities there, and it's transparent. So today, smallest retail investor who wants to buy, let's say, even a 6,000 rupee worth of uh, e the uh, ETF, not 60,000 or not 6 lakhs. I mean, just I'm saying as a, as a broad... Uh, multiplicator of the current le uh, broad level of valuation, it's easily available to see that what is the price as of today or transparency is there. So I feel, again, I keep repeating this always, that for an ETF to be successful, as long as the underlying that you are investing in is large, liquid, and transparent, all three, then it can be very easy and it can be a good success. So I feel that for the silver ETF, being these three criteria are being met, liquidity will be a comfort. Investors will get high level of comfort for coming in, going out with the comfort of transparency. Sure. Uh, Chintan, you want to add a point here? Uh, higher liquidity mm -hmm. result in efficient price discovery. So uh, you want to add a point on liquidity? Yeah, yeah, it's a virtuous cycle. In fact, higher liquidity is more efficient price discovery and efficient price discovery is a, also a fact where more liquidity comes in. So liquidity begets liquidity in any asset class or any, uh, you know, uh, volumes on the exchange which happen. The good news is that when in India with more than 7 crore DMAT accounts now relative to only 1.5, 2 crore DMAT accounts and the ease with which digital technology is being used by everyone, we see more and more participants and with more and more participants, the exchange liquidity improves significantly. Second, uh, in terms of as an asset management company, it becomes our duty to ensure 
that uh, the investors get the right price when they are coming on the exchange to buy and sell. So we appoint authorized participants who also ensure that on the exchange, the prices are more or less in line with what the international market price is converted into Indian rupees is. So this is already happening in the gold ETFs and in silver ETFs also, there should not be any difference. Uh, our responsibility as an asset management company is to ensure that we are managing the purity, etc. of silver which is held as well as the liquidity. And that's where we probably come in handy when it comes to our experience that we've had with gold ETF. Thank you. Thank you, Chintan. Uh, before I, we ask this question, uh, I want to remind listeners that we are open for queries and if anyone has a question, they can send us requests. Preeti, uh, uh, silver ETFs have been launched. Funds are also lined up to launch uh, funds of funds based on silver ETF, uh, based on silver. Uh, w- would that be a better option than ETFs? What is your view here? Uh, yeah, I think, Abhinav, that would allow uh, a further, like a smaller denomination once that happens. Um, so I think eventually that will, uh, you know, deep, sort of allow for deeper penetration. However, I think ETFs is a great step to begin with. Uh, and I think just like Chintan said that, you know, two concerns typically uh, for anybody who is, uh, uh, you know, investing into ETFs or um, uh, putting money into ETFs is really liquidity and impact cost. And I think I remember 2007 when the first gold ETF was launched. Uh, and from there to now, I think there's enough learning with, uh, with the funds to manage both these issues. So, yeah, I mean, the ETFs is the first step. And I think the uh, fund of fund is also soon coming on. So that will allow for more democratization. Uh, smaller denomination will allow more active participation. And like I've been saying, I think uh, there is enough hunger for newer products where one can uh, you know, experiment actively, buy, trade, all of that. And I think also to Chintan's point earlier where, um, you know, I, and you were asking about the CAGR, I think the opportunity in silver more than just looking at it in terms of CAGR is really the volatility is actually the opportunity. Um, and I think that is where being able to do it in smaller uh, uh, denominations in an ETF will bring on a lot of liquidity. Just if I may add, uh, for those who have DMAT accounts, Clearly, they are uh, they can buy and sell on the exchange in real time. One unit will be about sixty to sixty three rupees. One gram is about sixty to sixty three. Uh, for every who has a DMAT account, there are many who either do not like to trade on the exchange or aren't able to trade on the exchange because of compliance reasons, and so they prefer the fund of fund route, uh, which is ultimately the fund of fund is nothing but a vehicle or a mutual fund which is investing in the silver ETF. So any investor who cannot invest in the ETF for compliance reasons or uh, does not invest in on the exchange but is not having a DMAT account also probably there are enough Indians who don't have DMAT accounts, they can uh, make use of the fund of fund. And in fact, in India, if you look at the ratio also, the gold fund of funds are also a very large vehicle which ultimately invest in the gold ETF. So while the unit sizes on the exchange also will be very small, uh, one unit of gold, one unit of silver are below 100. Uh, the fund of funds are an additional way of those who do not have a DMAT account to also participate. And hence, the silver will be available for all Indians to invest whether they have a DMAT account or don't have a DMAT account. Thank you. Uh, Chandan, what would be the expense ratios for these uh, the ETFs and FN, uh, FOFs? Yeah, so the expense ratio for silver will be in line with gold. Uh, of course, it will uh, vary from uh, fund house to fund house, but roughly about 50 basis points, uh, 45 to 50 basis points for the silver ETF will be the uh, supposed exp- uh, will be the probably be the expense ratio for uh, the investors uh, and uh, for the fund of fund it will not be uh, much higher. The fund of fund is just a wrapper. So most AMCs would try to keep the fund of fund costs anyways uh, nominal, right? Uh, so maybe four or five bips higher than the uh, DTF cost. So you can assume about 45 to 50 basis points will be the cost of silver ETF. And just to highlight, the cost of storage of silver itself is significantly high even for an institution. And hence, these 50 basis points cost is actually not uh, comparable with any other ET- ETF on equity side because equity ETFs at 10, 15, 20 are possible. There is no storage costs involved. The storage insurance costs in silver and gold are reasonably high and hence 
gold and silver are at about 45 to 50 basis points thank you here uh since uh kshitish is here uh kshitish can you hear me so uh, uh sorry Satya, sorry uh just one question before we uh ask this question since we are on yeah. the topic of expense ratios uh, sure, sure. uh Chitin, i uh, i believe the storage cost involved in silver uh, might be higher in term uh, against gold because you would have to store uh, more silver and that would take more space so uh, uh how, how, how is the, how is that both expense ratios are comparable, gold and silver. Yeah, so you're right that silver does take into account uh, on this many, it's 80 ounces of silver per ounce of gold. So it does take a larger uh, amount. But then considering the fact that uh, the <clears throat> current expected size of silver uh, required or silver AUMs are likely to be lower, we've been able to negotiate a competitive price right now. So whatever I'm quoting is basis the prices right now, if it becomes too large in terms of the volumes and if the storage costs do increase because there has to be a limit, I mean, the vaulting agents also have a limited storage cost. So currently based on the current pricing, this is what it is. And you are right that silver does take 80 times more space, but because the volumes are going to be lower right now, this is what the charges are going to be. And I don't see the charges going up exponentially uh, because effectively insurance costs are also a significant cost of uh, storage, right? And those insurance costs are on the basis of value where silver is probably cheaper than that of gold. Thank you. Uh, That's a very know. interesting point. Yeah. Right, Abhinav. Yeah, please go ahead, Satya. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Kshitish, uh, Kshitish, can you hear me? Yes, Satya. Question is to you. Yeah, going back to the outlook part, uh, you know, what are the fundamentals and charts pointing to uh, at this point of time? Uh, silver is considered, uh, you know, a non-yielding asset. With rise in interest rates going ahead, do you think the silver's appeal as an asset class comes down? Uh, yes, exactly. So we have seen that uh, the once the uh, start of the interest rate high, uh, the price of the silver may come down. And the reason behind that, if we, we can see that the 10-year bond yield of the US, uh, once it start increasing, the silver price came down to uh, 63,000 to 60,000 levels. Okay, so in the short term, you're saying that maybe uh, the silver prices may come down in the short term. That's what your point is, right? Um, is it just me or uh, somebody can hear Shitesh? Uh, no, we yeah, I think I think we've lost his line. Just to again add to what he was mentioning, see, we are in times where uh, we're against an average four percent interest rates or three percent interest rates, which used to be there in US. We undershot to one and a half percent in US ten year. So there will be a normalization of interest rates which will happen over the next two years. Normalization of interest rates should not be construed as interest rates going up, uh, which will impact either commodity prices, the equity markets in a big way. Normalization of interest rates, in fact, will probably lead to normalization of economic activity also. And uh, probably will be in a saner world. Today, just to highlight maybe off topic, but it's important from a gold-silver perspective. The global debt has gone up from $110 trillion to $220, $230 trillion in the last 10 years. The global equity markets have gone up from $50 trillion to $110 trillion. So the lower interest rates and easy liquidity policy since the Lehman crisis has caused the bond, has caused the bond bubble, has led to equity valuations being excessive. Those two need to get corrected first before we look at uh, maybe silver or getting impacted and that's where as a fund house our view is very positive on gold uh, and gold uh, as well as silver for that matter because when the interest rates will go up pension fund managers will have to move out of debt and move into either equity or debt or gold and or gold and silver and even a trillion or two trillion dollar shift to gold and silver can cause a massive price disruption in silver and gold and hence uh, not being in gold or silver is not a choice, just that the percentages one can decide basis one's, uh, uh, you know, risk profile. Uh, these are the two asset classes which haven't done well for 10, 12 years now. And when the markets become saner in terms of interest rates, in terms of debt uh, coming down, gold and silver will act as a good hedge for those who want to diversify their portfolio. Thank you. Yeah, adding adding the point on the Clinton that uh, definitely the silver is a both parameter that the inflation it is uh, 
hedging against the inflation and the another part is the importance of industrial application now uh, with the opening of the economy uh, the market is going to rise and definitely the benefit will uh, come to the silver also so uh, we are also expecting uh, the price of the silver will move uh, come forward up sure um if we if we can have uh, final words from everyone um, you know preeti we can start with you uh, finally if you should say uh, should you consider investing in silver etf if yes to what extent if you were uh thank you sadya yeah so uh so i think first of all like i've said that uh you know as part of your asset allocation uh silver should become an active you know the part where you would look at growth or active uh sort of investing for a passive investor uh possibly not the best option to invest in but if you are actively sort of looking at you know using volatility to your benefit silver etf is a great option for you um in terms of really part of portfolio uh, you know i would i would put it to about i mean i would not say more than a percent or two of your portfolio um and i think it's a great i keep i will again say that for people who are actively there in the markets it's a great opportunity um you know once the etfs are launched and they are there to be actively traded there's enough liquidity it's 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 uh another asset class for you to participate in which earlier we didn't have the option of uh, not particularly the retail uh, investors or traders great uh, chindan you are go next chindan yeah thank you uh, just to quickly sum up we are in times where valuations for debt are excessive I mean, in other words there's no point in keeping money in debt in inflationary times or it is not going to yield you much equity valuations thanks to the last 18 months rally have been on the higher side with united states being at 250% market cap to gdp india also being at 110% market cap to gdp and in excess of 21 22 times forward earnings at such times diversification into asset classes which have not done well for the last 10 years and can potentially do well over the next 2 3 years can help and in that uh, sequence i think uh, international equity investing is something which investors have taken up there we believe asian equities are something can be looked at because they have underperformed significantly and apart from that the two precious metals which have stood the test of time for 5000 years which is silver and gold are something which should be a part of investors portfolio we believe that in today's context at least 5 to 10% uh, in gold and maybe 5% in silver therein and there about should be a part of your portfolio to diversify your existing risk and equity and debt and also to allow you to participate as and when there is a step up jump in gold and silver thank you sure uh, anil i think you were not there when we were asking yeah no i could i could hear you that you were trying to ask me some question but i had moved to somehow listen only mode and i was trying to come back over here so please if if there is a question please ask i'll i'll be very happy to answer otherwise then i'll i'll just summarize it sure before i go to the uh, second question um, you know the question i would like to ask you is dsp mutual fund has recently filed a draft sid you know for silver etf for gold mm-hmm. dsp has a dsp world gold fund that invests in gold mining companies why the etf route for silver superb question and, and and thanks thanks for raising that and i'm sure that must be a question in many people's and many investors and advisors minds i'll just quickly take a minute to go into the history earlier so when we launched this fund in 2007 our thinking was that when you are let's say bullish on price of a commodity let's say for example today sitting now and based on the seasonality etc you feel that i am bullish on the price of cement now will we try to go and hold cement and store it in a in a warehouse or we will instead of that go and try to select a few good cement stocks and try to gain from the financial leverage and the operating leverage that that company enjoys so very similar to that what we thought at that point of time that today for gold anyways investor can access it in different other formats so let us try to give something which otherwise is not available something differentiated where we will invest into mining companies and uh, yeah in some way it did very well for investors because it enjoys the equity beta so when you are investing in a company and the price of the company's finished product like in this case let's say gold or silver goes up then everything else remaining same their profitability will go up faster or higher uh, profitability will be seen no doubt because of that it works both ways in falling uh, market it falls faster also or uh, anil we can't hear you uh, satya yes we can't hear him 
Okay, maybe uh, so like if I just take example, uh, Anil, uh, I think this uh, some issue with the signal. Uh, we can't hear you. Right, maybe we can go to Akshatesh uh, then until we have Anil join back. Unfor- unfortunately, he's also yeah. not here. Can you hear me now? Hello, hello, hello. Uh, yes, we can hear. Yeah, you. I can hear you. Yeah, sorry. So I was just saying as an example that in in year like let's say two thousand and nine, you know, which was the period where somewhat similar to comparable after the let's say crisis of the global financial uh, crisis, and there was a good level of fiscal as well as monetary stimulus, which was creating a risk on environment. Somewhat similar, loosely, I would say what we saw let's let's say last year and currently, where there is a consolidated effort by central banks and central governments so at that point of time uh, we had seen gold bullion rising in let's say 2009 by about 19% and gold equities was up about 41% so you know somewhat like that operating leverage is something what the investors get by investing into mining companies similar context like today if you see silver some of the largest silver miners are already held over here and many of the companies are diversified miners so that's how we are trying to have ETF route for silver as a commodity and for the others gold and diversified we are having it in the uh, equities sure if you could uh, put us in a uh, few words can you tell us should you uh, should an investor consider investing in silver ETF and if yes to what extent well i think uh, i strongly believe that some allocation to precious metals as a allocation in one's portfolio should always be there how much percentage at different points of time based on the investors of life goals with which their financial investment is aligned uh, that that can be suggested by uh, the advisors uh, like priti and other friends uh, i feel that yes as i discussed earlier across these four quadrants as a good diversification as a good asset allocation feel let's say about 5% to should be allocated let's say if i look at my portfolio you know as i said for each individual investor whether you are a large family office or uh, individual retail investors like uh, me it will be different for each person but yeah broadly i would say about 5 to 10% is a good number to have great uh chitesh you want to add final uh, comments uh, yes yes so i agree with the anil that uh, every investor should have some uh, some or the part of uh, his or her portfolio in the silver etf Uh, see in the in common one sentence i can say that uh, whether for the capital preservation or capital appreciation any portfolio has a room for the some exposure uh, to the silver and silver etf uh abhinav you want to add something or shall we wrap uh, we can wrap it here sure sure with that uh, listeners it's a wrap uh, we have discussed what silver etfs are and the investment rational you know thank you thank you all uh, listeners for joining us today we hope this session has been insightful to you all and um, thank you thank you all uh, panel members also for your time we hope you all stay safe and uh, happy weekend thank you very much thank uh, you, uh, always great to be with you guys and you 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 guys always put up a very good uh, uh, all rounded panel so today's discussion also was really great thanks a lot for having us thank, thank you, you. echo thank what you said thank you everyone thank you always thank great you. to be here thank you bye thank you for tuning in we will be back next week with a fresh episode if you have any questions or comments you can reach out to me at neel.b@livemint.com to give us feedback you can reach out to us also on ht smartcast we are present on facebook twitter instagram youtube linkedin and clubhouse to listen to more podcasts log on to htsmartcast.com aur suno naye nazariye se